This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Uh, today I'm joined by Chris Lee, founder of Sylvester and Finch Limited. Chris, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you, Andy? I'm very, very well. We're going to be talking about influencer relations today. And I always like to do a shout out when guests come on the show multiple times. You were last on the show, uh, drumroll, March uh, 27th, 2012, episode 163. Seems like yesterday, I bet, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah, it does. Uh, I was talking to Kelvin at that point, and we were talking mostly about pitching to the media. And I believe the context was because Google was changing the way that it was, you know, dealing with links, et cetera, and having to earn them and make them far more authentic, I guess. And um, SEO people were trying to understand media relations uh, so they could get coverage, et cetera. And we've kind of moving on today to talk about bloggers, which we did touch on at that point, but become even more significant. Fantastic. Well, before we get into that, um, just remind our listeners a bit about you. Tell us yeah. a bit about yourself and a bit about Sylvester and Finch. Well, I personally have been in, in tech journalism PR for, for 18 years, and I don't look it, but the last decade of which has been more digitally focused. Um, I was last on the podcast, as you mentioned, about four years ago, and we're talking about pitching media predominantly. Now we're going to talk about more generally about influencers such as bloggers, vloggers, as in video bloggers, mm. and Instagrammers, etc. Uh, my consultants, as you mentioned, we're a collection of experienced freelance communications professionals and provide high-level strategic multi-channel communication strategy, training, and copywriting. Now, influence. Um, let's start mm. off with a nice definition of influence. Uh, yeah. What is influence and who are the influencers? Um, that's a very good question. It's such a kind of almost like a very fluid term that's often used around. It's very loose. Um, we all have influence to some degree. Um, we always have. I mean, we talk about decision making, you know, it goes way back to, to the market square years ago, like centuries ago, when you, you would walk around and decide who had the best apples. You'd speak to your friends. You'd, you'd make assessment on price, et cetera, and quality. And then you'd tell other people about that experience. And now the, the principle's the same. It just happens to be online, for example, mainly. And people have... Um, tens of thousands of followers. They might have hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, we've kind of seen a celebrity culture, bro- uh, you know, manifest itself online, where people that didn't have, weren't previously known, have managed to to, to build up a following of people, and people do follow other people, and that, and they try to emulate what they do, or just admire what they do, and they listen to what they do, and they make purchases based on what they do as well. So we all have a, a certain degree of influence, whether that's talking to our friends, whether that's blogging and tweeting, uh, or even leaving in a, a review on Amazon or TripAdvisor, we all have influence, but some greater degree than others. I'm just wondering, actually, because it's a, it's, a, it's a big subject, in influence and influencers. So how do actually, sounds like a silly question, but how do influences work? That's probably a, as good a way as putting it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a very good question. We talk about we concentrate, contextualize what we're talking about here. We're not talking about necessarily media relations as in journalists, okay? Mm. We're talking about people that are publishing on other platforms. So they could be bloggers, like I said, uh, YouTubers, Instagrammers, etc. How do those individuals work? Well, there is a massive difference between team press and bloggers. If you think about the way the media works, they'll be paid for by, uh, you know, their news agency or whoever they work for, and they will be kind of professional and have an objective or subjective position uh, depending who the, the media is and we see for example with brexit right now you can see what sides people are taking for example in the media debate and quite quickly reveal their politics they usually work 
business hours, uh, trade pressure especially, best contacted by phone when you're pitching them and they often follow an editorial style. Whereas mm. if you're talking about bloggers, for example, you're looking at professional and amateur mix. So if you've done really well for yourself, enough to make money, often going through blogger agency, for example, and they're making, then yeah, you can professionally effectively they're professional bloggers and they were seeing a growing number of these some do it on the side and make a bit of money and some are just kind of amateur they do it for the love of it and that's where people like micro influencers come in so they are not you know don't have a huge following but at the same time the followers they do have have a more authentic connection with them because they they tend to respond to them on twitter and facebook etc etc i i could claim to be one of those because i blog on the side i have a football culture blog called outside right that's w-r-i-t-e Yeah. yeah, and I get between five thousand and ten thousand hits a month, which I'm, you know, you know, quite pleased with. Yeah, but my my interaction with with, with my followers is very much about we, you know, we we're a tribe with the same kind of interest, so to speak. And I've, but if I was, you know, being followed by a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people, I find it a lot harder to to manage those relationships. And that's it's a sliding scale, really. So there's more authenticity in the micro versus space. And you see a lot of PR companies focusing more on that space and brands in general looking at that space rather than spending big bucks on, on, the, on the big ones. I think within, I mean, people have a lot of understand now as well that in the public that, that people are paid to promote things and yeah. quite often don't disclose it, which is something we're going to talk about actually later on in this podcast. Disclosure is very, very important. But, you know, I think people understand that, 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 that influencers are paid by brands to plug things and they have that sort of sense of perspective when they go into it. But with bloggers, they, they tend to offer their own opinion. They work it can work at any time if they've got a full-time job and then they blog in the evening. They've got to understand when you pitch them by email usually or by social media that that's the context. And they'll be more flexible in the style of presentation. You can do some great co-creation with them, which is something brands tend to do a lot of. But it's very much it all starts with understanding how they work. So that means a lot of research. And that's something we're, I know we're going to talk about when it comes to identifying influencers. Yeah, because, you know, it's, I mean, you describe the landscape of influencers there, the different types of uh, influencer and the sort of a bit of a sliding scale. So, yeah, I was just wondering how, you know, sort of how to identify and sort of, uh, I suppose, evaluate relevant influencers. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on the target audience. It's something that often gets forgotten and overlooked. I think the first thing to remember is to understand the target audience uh, and the business objective that you're trying to achieve. And that could be, if you're looking for a business objective, it could be building brand awareness. It could be building advocacy. It could be trying to build your social media following by getting kind of halo effect off well-followed people. But ultimately, you've got to make sure that the target audience of those influencers you are you're you're looking to to you know impress yourself upon are actually relevant for a start there are tools you can use to identify bloggers it could be a desk-based research it could be using you know social media listening tools to see who's talking about subjects i think there's great ones like buzz sumo system loss brand watch you know i can name mm. you know that i'm not saying any particular preference to any particular brand but i'm just naming that, that sort of yeah. type of, of tool that can help you identify there's also companies like tracker and analytica Gorkana, people. These are these are media lists that that, that um, PR industry people use um, that that put them all together. Anyway, but if you don't have the money for those because they are quite expensive, then desk-based research is is the way forward. So once you've kind of identified, okay, well, this these people talk about this, and it seems they have a good following, and let's have a look at their social media following. Then you'd look at other metrics of influence. So you can use tools such as SimilarWeb or to understand what kind of traffic they get at their website. Um, you can always ask them what kind of traffic they get on the website. You know, they may or may not be accurate with that. They could always you've asked for a screen grab 
of their you know data to see see if they you know when you start working and see what kind of genuine kind of hit rates they have mm. so it's kind of you know there's lots of lots of ways to understand how much traction people have got really in the market and then once you've kind of built that up the question is is understanding how you're going to going to pitch to these people and, and and how you're going to manage that and you need to sort of have a really good spreadsheet eventually that you're going to build up we can talk about that when we kind of talk about building long-term relationships okay so what about actually approaching because you're going to have to speak to these influencers at some point how, how do you sort of pitch to them and build a sort of you know, long-term ongoing relationship well that's a, that's a very good question because we see a lot of uh, of people actually talking about influencer relations, they talk about the benefits of doing it, but they don't actually just go to that extra level and say, "How do you pitch to them?" So one, you'll be able to be clear on that business objective and be really clear with that uh, influencer on um, how you know what you want to get out of it, really, because there's got to be it's got to be a value exchange for both you and them. Mm. So being clear on those business objectives, understanding whether you're going to be pitching them directly ind- individually or if they're working through an, an agent um, whose whole job is to keep the bad offers away and let them focus on what they do best, which is influencing and creating great content. Um, When you are pitching, obviously you've got to read the journal, understand who the audience is, um, search for your brand and competitor, be clear on what you want out of the relationship, personalize the approach, which is what people forget. I mean, quite often I get, as I said, I have a, a football travel culture blog, I write. I'm quite clear about what I write about. It's the off-pitch experience, the history of the game, etc. It's nothing to do with what's happening on the pitch. But somehow I've ended up on these lifestyle things, um, lists, and I get invited to Greek restaurants, etc. Um, <laughs> launch cocktail parties. It sound great, but I'm not going to go. Um, so, so you know, get called like dear blogger and things like that. Hi there. They obviously haven't gone and looked at my about page and actually tried a personalised approach. So understand how the influencer works. Um, build a database, check them out on social media, see what they look like. Because they quite often you'll find PR agencies being called out by influencers, um, you know, on social media and they've had a bad approach, they will name and shame. So mm. see what they're like. If they're, you know, look quite um, volatile, maybe you might be better off steering clear of them and focusing on someone else. Um, offer exclusive content that always works. Bear in mind that it's all about their audience. If they don't have an audience, they don't have, um, you know, don't have a publication, they don't have a, uh, you know, um, a way of making money um so it's kind of that's that's what you want exclusive content no one else has got it what can you offer them um and definitely when you've got that content like i said um when you're analyzing the metrics see if you can uh, get any data from them on how successful that was in terms of um you know hits etc and and thank and share them for the coverage on social networks you've got to ensure you have full disclosure uh, and that could be anything from when they're tweeting and they're actually saying spawn or ad or something like that or when they're on the blog I know that Google's come up with some um, guidelines recently uh, as has the Advertising Standards Agency as well on how these things need to be handled and mm. that could, I know Google said you know no follow um, links etc and full disclosure say what you got you know so I was taken to thank you for uh, to Company X for taking me on that trip to Florence <laughs> whoever it happened to be um, you know or this was brought to you by so then you're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. No one feels robbed. Everyone's, you know, fully transparent what you got out of that. Um, and then, uh, and then after that, yeah, just basically don't waste the time. Don't spam anyone. Um, try and put yourself on their shoes and, and don't ask if you can proof the content before it goes out unless you're co-creating with them. Cause if they, they're going to have to be honest about something and quite often they'll be nice if you're, you know, paying for them, but you, you want to sort of, uh, an honest review really of something. So Yeah. Once you've sort of been working with them for a while, Chris, what's the best way of um, evaluating the results? It sounds like quite sort of yeah. cold businessy, but you do have to sort of work yeah. out if it's if it's if it's working, don't you? 
Exactly, and and if you don't, then I mean, you, you you'll have no idea as to where, where how how much bang you've got for your buck. To mm. use that whole cliche, but there's there's kind of macro metrics and micro metrics. So I mean, a micro metric on a kind of per piece of content level what was the reach, what was the engagement like, and look at other metrics like views or downloads if that's relevant. What kind of attention it got in terms of you know dwell time, bounce rate, all those sort of things, and social metrics in terms of did you get any new followers off the back of it. You can other even you know on the longer term macro metrics look at how your blogger campaigns have how much traffic they're providing for you, referral traffic, how the quality of that traffic in terms of how long, you know, how many pages they're going to, um, are they signing up? Uh, did your community grow? Can you look at Google Trends and see searches for various, you know, things that you've been trying to talk about go up, i.e. are you getting into the sort of, you know, public consciousness, email sign up, sales, all the bigger sort of, you know, macro metrics that you're looking at. And ultimately it could be even behavioral change if you're kind of, you know, working in a space that's trying to change the way people think about and act about things keep it on a spreadsheet though whatever you do because you could um you know it depends who you're targeting but you need to obviously know things about them such as uh their contact details when you were last in touch um the domain authority of that site um average visited month have they covered you before have they covered the competition what was the context of that um so you don't basically end up you know two people from the same team contacting them because twice which does happen it's very annoying um and it depends what other information you need to know about them so i've you know been previous guys i've done um outreach for computer games companies so you need to know what kind of console people have got you know that sort of thing it's all very important um so you kind of there are ways of finding that out uh, either by asking them directly or just looking over their previous social media really and then you can target your approach accordingly you know it's interesting because you mentioned that you yourself were a, a i think you described yourself as a micro blogger which of course isn't a very small mm. person it's just, it's just that's, well, yes, you, you are normal size um, i was just wondering actually your experience as actually being a blogger mm. being potentially an influencer what is the what what would the top tip be that you could give to someone managing you know that relationship what's the most annoying thing you've come across you may have alluded to it before but i was just just wondering it's the quality of pitch i mean the thing is i think this is where pr background comes in really handy uh and this is my issue when you've got contact um sorry content agencies and creative agencies talking about influencers it's like you have to have a a good media relations background really or it does help anyway you don't have to have it but it helps Mm. um there's good pitches and there's bad pitches and and the bad pitch will have or you know be a shouty sort of just spammy press release hi there i know you know and something irrelevant and it's a waste of time and immediately gets junked um or deleted yeah um and sometimes outed like i said but a good pitch will be helpful it'll be useful the subject will be uh, will grip me uh address me by my name it will maybe refer to um, a story i recently wrote in which case they want to build upon that so you know and then um give me something unique um and then make the business case for it. So what kind of content are we going to get out of this? Is it going to be a podcast? Is it going to be a video? Is it going to be, um, you know, uh, something that's going to make, you know, a value exchange for both parties it's going to make me look good, uh, entertain my audience. And it's also going to help that brand get into a new audience with a bit of an authentic kind of, you know, brand awareness really to them. And then it's got to finish with a call to action in terms of, you know, what, what I should be doing next. Um, so, I think just basically keep your powder dry as well. Don't, you know, if you've, you've got a business, um, you've done well with 
the blogger once, um, don't expect them to cover you over and over again. Um, yeah. Try and rotate, rotate them because they're not going to cover you straight away. Otherwise, it's kind of like advertising. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know how often that could be. It depends how many you've got. It could be every six months, every year, whatever. Just do something exclusive with them and, and rotate the 20 odd, you know, key um, influencers that you've got. And by the way, when we're talking about keeping spreadsheets, influencers change, right? Because um, some grow and, um, you know, become extremely influential, maybe even get jobs in the media, elsewhere in the media. Some drop out altogether, lose their mojo, and then and that's it. Um, and others can morph. I know people that have been travel bloggers, then suddenly became you know, became parents, so they became parent bloggers. And so yeah. um, the types of brands that are talking to them, they took an audience with them. Uh, some of the audience were only interested in them in their travel, so they probably drop off and, 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 and a new tribe of, of parent bloggers come, and parents come in as their followers, so new brands would be interested in them. So you've got to keep an eye on, on them throughout their career, really. Well, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. It's a, it is a fascinating area, this whole sort of area of influencers and re- the, you know, building of relationships with influencers. Just uh, tell our audience how um, how they can sort of find out more about you and more about sure. Sylvester and Finch. Well, I am on Twitter personally. It's at CMR Lee, that's L-E-E, uh, or at Sylfinch is the, the um, agency handle. And then sylvesterandfinch.co.uk is where you can find out more about our training consultancy and copywriting. Thanks a lot, Chris. And thank you for listening, listeners. The show notes are in the normal place, uh, sitevisibility.com slash impodcast. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, I'm a Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, if you can, just mention the podcast when you when you link up with me. Um, and also, we, we're looking for some questions and answers. So if you want to email us, it's podcast at sitevisibility.com or if you want to phone the magic telephone line, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh and uh, we can get your uh, questions and comments on the show and that's it that's it uh, from me that's it from chris goodbye everyone and we'll see you next time on internet marketing